Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Paddler's Playbook, a kayak fishing experience. Brought to you by Mariner Sales, providing the largest selection of kayaks and kayak accessories since 1975. Real sportswear, get out on the water and wear what the guides wear. Galveston Redfish Series, the largest, most affordable redfish series on the Gulf Coast. Sign up today. Pure Fishing, home to the world's most trusted fishing brands. Now it's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy the paddle with your host, Drew Turner. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land. I'm your host, Drew Turner, and this is another edition of the Paddler's Playbook coming to you live from the Mariner Sales Studios right here in Conroe, Texas. Guys, it is almost Halloween, and some spooky stuff has been happening. And I say spooky stuff. It's not really spooky stuff. Um, I've had the worst luck over the past probably two weeks with electronics. We tried to record this episode about three times, but it, it just it didn't happen. My computer decided to go haywire. Bought a brand new computer, spent way too much money. I let the geek squad talk me into something I probably really didn't need, but I got it anyway. So I will not be having any issues other than the fact I get everything hooked up and my webcam, every time I plug it in, it disables every bit of my audio, every bit. Turns off the camera, turns off the sound, turns off the speakers for the computer, turns off everything. So I wasn't able to get everything hooked up the way I usually like to. I didn't get to use my webcam, but I got the new computer. I'm excited about that. Um, I know you guys want to see my face. Right now we're doing this episode live on Facebook. I haven't done a live one in a while. I got to get back on every other Tuesday. It was supposed to be last Tuesday that this episode was out. But like I said, my computer decided just to go on me. It just died. The CPU usage was at 100% just opening up anything. It's probably a virus or something. But the computer is nine years old. Um, I've had it for a while. I'm, I'm a little nervous to go out fishing now with all this bad luck going on. I, I don't know. Maybe my motor is going to crap out. I don't, my battery's going to, you know, well, I take that back. My battery's probably good. It's an FPV battery. So I don't think I'm going to have any issues with my battery. There's just, there's weird stuff going on. There's, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm, I'm a little taken back that I just spent the money that I spent on a new computer. You guys know that I'm a little frugal. And I'm just feeling some kind of way. The, the Geek Squad guy got me. He's like, are you going to be editing video? And I was like, well, yes, I am. I'm going to be editing fishing video on this computer. He's like, well, do you want to edit in 4K? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I've never edited in 4K because my old computer couldn't barely handle editing in 720. He's like, well, if you're going to edit in 4K, you've got to go with this Predator Hilo 16. And I'm like, well, let's look at it right now and see how much it is. And it was only about like three or $400 more than I wanted to spend. But I went ahead and got it anyway so you guys could hear my lovely voice. The episode we were supposed to do, I wish we would have got it to it a little sooner. But there was a very, very unique tournament that happened a few weeks ago. And I have the winner of that tournament that's going to join me in just a second right after Jess tells us about everything going on with our sponsors. Hey, bro staff. The spooky season is upon us. 
and Mariner Sales has some downright scary deals for you. Up to 12 months promotional financing on kayaks of all shapes and sizes. 40% off all Burley Pro accessories while supplies last. Check out the truly terrifying amount of new arrivals in stock just for you. At Mariner Sales, you'll never have to ask the question trick or treat because it's always a treat at marinersales.com. Speaking of a treat, Treats. I like treats. So does my dog. Treat your skin to the best in fishing comfort this season with Real Sportswear. Just because the leaves are falling and the weather is cooling off, it doesn't mean sun protection isn't still important. So wear the gear that keeps your coastly whiteness well protected with Real Sportswear. That's it for me, bro staff. As always, I'm Saltside Jess. And I'm Saltside CJ. And we'll see you on the spooky side. There was a really, you know, unique tournament that happened a few weeks ago. It was the Redfish Greenfish Smackdown. And it was won by my man, my fellow bro staffer, Mr. Max. Max, how you doing today, dude? I'm doing good, Drew. How are you doing today? Uh, man, I was excited for you. That like I'm not the kind like the bass guys do it all the time. Like they'll follow the leaderboard and see who's weighing in fish and and everything else. I've never done that until I knew you were leading after day one, and I'm like, I got to keep checking the scoreboard. I got to see where my man Max is at in this in on the greenfish side. But for those that don't know what the redfish greenfish smackdown is. Tell us kind of about the format of it and how it works. Okay, so Dustin Nichols, he he has this tournament that he's been running for a couple of years. Uh, day one, you can fish any of the Texas inshore waters, anything uh, except for like jetties and passes and uh, off the beach. And uh, the window for redfish that you're fishing for that day is from 18 to 32. Uh, like I said, you just fish wherever and you have to submit your fish on Fishing Chaos. And you try to you try to have a, the longest length, whoever has long longest length at the end of the day wins. And then on day two, everybody meets up at like Bass Shop in Bass Shop, Texas, and you have a little captain's meeting early in the morning. Everybody launches. You can either launch from the North Shore Park or the South Shore Park, and you're up there doing the same thing, trying to get five of your best fish, like a typical bass tournament. And it's all online through Fishing Chaos, and uh, you know Dustin Nix, he's a really great guy. He, he I'll be honest, he actually had the highest score throughout two days because he, he beat me on bass. He beat me out by like five inches. Uh, it, was, it was a tough battle. And uh, since he's the tournament director, he goes ahead and steps aside from the main pot and lets that second place winner uh, take the win. So technically, I'm the second place. I'll, I'll be humble. I'll be humble and say, you know what? Dustin won it outright. He's, he's, he's been on that bat, Lake Bash Shop, uh, you know, pulling green fish out of out of there a lot longer than me. So he, he, he did the thing on bass and I was but, right there, right behind him. But that that's the reason y'all do it on bass drop is that's Dustin's home lake. He loves fishing bass drop and he knows he can't win the tournament there. So he, he's going to kill it on the bass every time there on bass drop every time. So did you, you got, you got first place redfish, right? First place on yes. the redfish day. Yeah. And you got second place to Dustin on the bass day correct correct so you just Four killed it inches. all throughout you you killed I mean, it on both days yeah yeah 
I, I worked real hard. It was, uh, let's see, we had, I had 168 total, total inches of redfish and bass. Let's see, my bass, uh, my total was 82.25, and his was 87.75. Let's see. That's not a bad day. Redfish. Yeah, redfish, we were we were battling all day. Like, he had his three... Uh, I had two, I, I knew what I had to get to make, uh, make it get, like get my total length in the first place. Uh, I had a, a 29 and a 28 and I got this last hole. I had a 23 point something and I bumped up to a 27.75 towards like the middle of the day. And it was just enough. It, I, 0.25, 0.25, like a quarter of an inch, uh, got me first place for the redfish. And I was, I was very thankful. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is amazing. I, was like, I like, like one of I like the fact that he let you guys uh, do CPR on a full a few bulls. So the 32 inches, you guys were able to get anything under 32 and over 18. But I think is that because of some Louisiana guys too that the the limits are different. I, I wonder why he did the limits different like that. I don't think so. I'm, uh, as far as I know, it was like a Texas inshore waters fishing thing. I'm not. I didn't hear anything about any Louisiana guys like fishing in their waters. I honestly think uh, I said it in one of my little videos I posted on Instagram reels. I think it's, you know, some of the people are mainly bass people. So, you know, like myself, I'm a mainly redfish person. So those, those people that fish see freshwater and trying their redfish, they may not be as accustomed to catch redfish. So they'll take anything they can get. So something below our Texas limit of 20 inches, you know, if they get an 18, they're like, heck yeah, let's slap it on the board and, and submit it. So they're be able to put something on the board, and then you know the some of the heavy hitters, you know, we're trying like those upper upper slot fish. I guess since it's a CPR tournament, it's it's fine. You can have those. You can have those bigger fish um, that 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 you're bringing in there. I I wish that some of the other tournaments would. I don't want to go to full CPR. I wish there was more CPRs that I believed in and that were legit for me to fish in like this one. Like I, I know that he's legit. I, I trust, I trust Dustin, but I am not sure that I trust uh, some of these other guys. I, I don't, I don't think that I do. I don't really like CPR tournaments when it's a tournament where, Everyone is just going for redfish. I, th I think I've let it be known um, more and more that there's too much tomfoolery that can go on in CPR tournaments within the slot with guys bending fish. And, and, and I think maybe, maybe that's why he let it go up to 32. Maybe that's why, because there, there's so much crap that can happen when it is a when it is a slot limit tournament, I mean, I guess you could, but how many, how many 32 fish, but if you were in a normal tournament, man, you would have that those, those 28s, they would have had to go back. You still would have had a decent day with a, a 22 sure. and a 27 and a quarter though. Did y'all see my camera just now? Cause my, my whole like screen just went black. No, you were gone. Okay, cool. Yeah. My, my, laptop just like crashed that was crazy um yeah i mean i had that one 
five. You're good. You we can hear now. your fan now, though. Okay. I don't know if you oh, adjusted yeah. your fan. Oh yeah, I pointed at my laptop because my, my laptop was kind of warm. We can right. we can hear it going across the speakers. Oh, now we can. There, that's that's much better. Let's see. Audio. Airpods. Airpods. All right. Yeah, you're um, good. We can hear you. Yeah, that uh, twenty-seven point seven five. I want to say it was. I think it was ten eight pounds. I think it was like an eight pounder. Um. Uh, and then of course I had the 20, 29 and the 20, 28 point, whatever, two, five, that those definitely would have gone back. Uh, but 27.75, if I had found another one of those, like upper slots, it would have been a, a heck of a way in on a live tournament. So how far was the distance from where you fished on day one to where you had to fish on day two? Cause I'm assuming it was, it was a, a nice little distance. Cause I, I know the kind of the areas you fish, but I've never like, went went through in my head and was like oh well that's that's a guy because bastrop isn't isn't extremely close to the houston area and you, you're from the houston area but how, yes. how far was the distance distance between fishing day one and day two uh it was it was a good two and a half hour drive after fishing all day uh loading up the kayak and everything um and you know my truck's packed down i got uh, i have a camp right little tent caught because uh, I did go straight to the the Bastrop State Park, I reserved a little spot so I can camp out there. But it was two and a half hours. Got there, it was dark. I was like, oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta retie everything, put some leaders on, you know, because you know you fish saltwater where we fish, it's like murky brown water, and apparently you know Bastrop's a clear water lake. So after that two and a half hour drive, I'm sitting there like in the dark tying some some floral leaders and tying on some bass lures and everything. I was pretty tired. Did you so did you have a game plan like going from day one to day two for for that? Did you know what you were gonna tie on? Did you pre-fish any on bass drop or were you just winging it when it came to the green fish side? Well I'll, I'll take a step back and, and we'll talk about game plan for day one because I did okay. pre-fish for day one. I went, I went to my spot on the previous Tuesday and it was, it was a clear day, beautiful. Uh, I'm coming up through like the last little bins of this, this channel that you have to get to the, the main lake that I was fishing and you can see seagulls. They're working a school. Um, I think I went, I went live a couple of times on Facebook that day and uh, I got one on, on camera, one redfish that I pulled on camera. Uh, but you know, I'm seeing seagulls, clear day, birds on on top of water that you see shrimp. It's awesome. Looks great. Saturday rolls around. I'm driving through some heavy fog to my spot. I get out to my spot and it looks looks okay. Like you know, there's there's a little bit of fog. But as I get out to that main lake, I can't even have my headlamp on because the 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 reflection of from the fog, you can't see anything. So I'm like, turn my headlamp off. Got my uh, fish finders display all the way down because any light is reflecting all this fog back at you. It was very disorienting. So like having Google Maps on my phone, having my electronics, knowing where I was, you know, having previous tracks helped me out a whole lot. Uh, I'm sure I, I'm, I heard the same source from everybody. It was like every single person is talking about the he the fog was so heavy. So that threw my game plan off. I was like, there's no birds. I can't really see. Can't, the, the can't see popping. any birds, can't see anything. Yeah. The, the good thing though about, about, a heavy fog day like that that usually means that there's low pressure um there's not a, there's not a high pressure system in the area you got low pressure that's usually good for the fishing 
is once you yeah. can see, once you can see, you you can get out there and find some find some good fish once the sun starts burning it off. But definitely low pressure. I mean, I love low pressure fishing. I would rather go fishing on a low pressure day than a high pressure day seven days well, out I, of the week. Yeah, I thought it was good for me because it's like if I can't see the fish, the fish can't see me. So there, and that honestly extended, extended my what would be the sight casting because as the fog started to lift a little bit, you could see like the reflection of the light off the water and you could see the backs like far off in a distance. You could see like the, the water, the ripples, you could see like the, the I don't know, like the, the nervous water, the weird water. And I was like, okay, cool. Something's going on over there. I uh, got one of my first fish that way. I was like, you know, the, that bait's acting a little bit crazy. Let me go toss over there. And I hooked a fish. Then, you know, I couldn't find any more. I went over along the shoreline and it's just like glass, 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 shiny, you know, reflective like gray water, and then you just see like this black silhouette of a back. And I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go. And I was I was pulling them off that way. So I had a change in my game plan. It wasn't exactly like looking for birds. It was go up shallow, look for these backs. They were they were up shallow, you know, popping shrimp out of the grass. And they they gave themselves away. So that helped me out a whole lot. And then what uh, were you, day two, what were you throwing? What were you throwing early though? Whenever you were you uh, were targeting in them in the shallow water in the grass. Uh, let's see. I, I was throwing some, some shrimp stuff, just like, you know, shrimp imitations. Uh, some of my favorite ones are the voodoo shrimp, whether it's just like the regular shrimp profile or the weedless shrimp is, uh, like I said, they're up shallow and, and there's some grass or some oyster and you don't want to get hung up. So I was using that, that weedless voodoo. And, uh, there's another one. It's, I got like the cheaper version. It's like a store brand. It looks kind of like the savage gear. Like it, it's yeah. very lifelike, has all the little legs and the appendages and everything. And that definitely, I mean, it could have been that. It could have been like the the shrimp scent that I was putting on there, uh, you know, or it could have just been a reaction strike because I was trying to put it right in front of their faces. And, and, you know, I wasn't lucky all the time. Like you see those backs out, try to get a cast out, it hits the water, they're gone, you know, because the, I, I would honestly, I was putting it in the grass and like dragging it in front of their faces and trying to get that reaction strike. And some of them, they, they felt the felt the line of the water, felt the lure, felt the you know, the lure hit the water and they were gone. So they were still kind of spooky, uh, just like they were on the, the Tuesday before. The Tuesday before, whenever I saw them up shallow and the birds were over them, they were, they were spooky. I, I had a, I think I, I talked to you that day. I was like, hey, remember that day, you know, your fish was tail slapping it and then taking off? Yep. Well, they were doing that. They would, they looked like they would headbutt it and then just take off the opposite direction. I was mm-hmm. like, I got to get something like an exposed hook, something as soon as they smack it, I'm going to set that, that hook on them. You know, uh, they were, they were a little bit like that in, in, you know, like I said, I, I got pretty lucky. Um, I count myself blessed cause you know, some of those, I, it, it takes a good cast, get right in front of those fish. Uh, just like everybody else says, you know, uh, you gotta be, gotta put it right in front of the face. Now guys, if, if you're commenting over there in the comments and it, it, on my side, it's just popping up Facebook user. You've got to follow the instructions on the actual post to allow or to allow StreamYard to show us uh, who is commenting here. So you know, somebody said Max showed up ready, and it showed both days. Yeah, it showed. He's got a big check and a trophy behind him. As it showed, I just checked on Facebook. That was Kevin Wills. Oh, okay. He's another great angler. He's yeah. Um, so for day two, uh, it was kind of the same thing. I want to go back. I want to go back to day one. I want to go back to day one. All right. So 
you you're you're throwing the shrimp imitation. You you said they were they were eating shrimp along the grass. Now, were they like cruising along? Were they sitting? Were they actually going in and out of the grass or were they doing just a mixture of all three? Cuz the last time I was out there was about 3 weeks ago and the fish were cruising. And when I say cruising, they were like were cruise by. control 45. Like they were going fast up and down the shoreline. They weren't just slow. The tail was twitching and you could wait and you could see the grass move. Now I'll play a, they were moving. Like if you didn't get it in front of them in one cast, you weren't going to get back in front of them um, unless you had the motor going as you were doing it. Was it the, which way was it uh, a few weeks ago? There was, there were some that were like cruising kind of slow. Um, I think I told you before when we were talking, um, the largest one I had, the 29.5, I saw like this much of his, his dorsal fin and just like the like little corner of his tail fin sticking out. I was like, man, that's a mid slot. I, I got to get another fish on the board. I tossed at it and it was a 20, 29. I was like, what the heck? But most of them were cruising pretty fast. And like you said, like if you didn't get in front of them, they were there. You can see the tails. They pop some shrimp in the grass, weave in and out. And then they would just dip back into the, the deeper water and you wouldn't see them again. And then you have to like sit there and be like, okay, where's the next fish? And then that's like fresh. 20, that's a frustrating day, away. man. That's Absolutely. frustrating because because you see them and you're like, make a cast. Didn't eat where the fish go. I know there's a fish somewhere around here. I have no clue yeah. where he just went, but I know that there's a red fish somewhere. Where the heck did he go? And then you'll throw a few more times and then you'll spook it right beside the kayak. And you're like, what the heck? Like, what the hell? I, I just saw him right there. Like, why are you moving so fast? Slow down. Like, quit <laughs> running with your food. Just chill out so yeah. I can get so I can get this savage gear shrimp right in front of your friggin' face. That definitely happened a couple times. Like, I'm sitting there, like, eyes on the grass, looking at this other fish, and I'm drifting alongside with them, you know, it, it's it's super shallow. I, I want to say it's underfoot, and my fins are up against the the boat, and I'm drifting, looking over here, and I'm here, up, and then this mud cloud or anything. I'm like, son of a gun, there was a fish underneath me. Uh, but it, it was it was like that all day long. And uh, I honestly, people ask, hey, do you see schools? Do you see schools? And I was like, no, I didn't see a school until I ran over one when I was heading back to the launch. And it was it was the same thing. Like I ran over them, mud clouds everywhere. But it was it was sort of tough. Um, and, and that was like the name of the game. The first couple hours after that, they, they all dipped, they were gone. They weren't on the grass, like in shrimp. Uh, and then I went out to one of the main lakes and it was the wind had picked up no more fog. It was, it was kind of like a, make some noise, pop that cork kind of, kind of day, you know? No, were you it, really reluctant to, were you like, man, I got to pull, I got to throw the popping cork now. Like you, you know, in your head, you're like, all right, these are the conditions where the popping cork has got to come out, especially on tournament day. Wind's picking up, you know, the early bites over time to throw out the cork. Well, like you had talked about Paul with your bad habits podcast, it's like you want uh -huh. to sight cast everything. And I love the sight cast too. Like you, you hunt them down in sight cast and you, it's like, you have to know, like, even, even I was like, oh my gosh, I probably shouldn't be side casting. Most of these are like, you know, they're probably gonna be mid slot. Of course they weren't. Um, and I know like the true ticket, the money ticket. And, you know, some people don't like, want to talk about it, but you, you got to go with like some gold, whether it's a shrimp or a swim mm -hmm. mullet, because it, it has some action. It, it has like the, it, you know, it's got that, that juice in there. So 
they bite down on it. They want to hold on to it. You have a better chance of hooking them. It has like that scent that dispels throughout the water. So you have a better chance of getting them. Uh, I'll be honest, like that's like whenever I talk about on some of my posts, I'm like the fish whistle. Like that's, that's some gold, whether it's, it's <laughs> underneath the court. Yeah. Just like blow that fish whistle, call them all in. It's either, it's either popping cork or another little, little trick I use to, to make some, some noise in the water. Uh, have you, know, have you seen, you. have you seen the new uh, formula that gulps uh, coming out for hard baits? No, I haven't. Yeah, you guys, there's a there's a new uh, formula that's going to come out. Um, I just got an email about it, and what it is, it's like a little shaker. You dip, uh, and I wasn't completely understanding it, but you either dip it in the water or you get it just a little bit wet somehow, and then you put it into this shaker, and you shake it with, with uh, it's got like little beads in there, and then when it touches the water again, it gets like a gulp sheen all across your hard plastic. So they're coming out with some pretty, pretty cool. So I'm, I want to see it. Like I, I'm like, this is pretty cool. Maybe this will make me throw, like you were saying with my bad habits, maybe this will make me throw top water more often. If I can get a gulp scent and I can see a little gulp uh, oil slick coming from behind the whopper plopper or something like that. That reminds me of some of the like the fabric softener pearls or something. Yeah, you know? I guess it's something like that. I need to really look at the email, but it's it's some new gulp um, that's coming out for you to put your hard bait in an actual jar of this stuff and shake it around, and then once it it hits the water again, it it puts almost like a slime on top of your uh, on top of your bait or the the interesting. You know, it leaves the oil slick and stuff like that. It's going to be. It's going to be pretty cool. So you threw the, you threw the popping cork. Did you, how many fish did you pull, you know, a little bit later in the day? Honestly, I had probably like two rat reds and my 27.75. And that was so, popping cork. Like I said, the wind picked up. I was doing the whole, uh, the shoreline with the wind blowing on it with all the rough waves and everything, you know, you figure the current and the way the waves, the wind, the wind driven current is going to push bait up in there. The the reds are going to be cruising. Um, they're like you said, they're moving fast. So it's just luck. Put it in front of their face. What, what size jig head are you throwing on your popping cork? Cause I have a particular size that I really like. Uh, it's, it's one of two things. First of all, I like to use the uh, death grip jig heads because it has like that that ridges on it. It holds the gold mm -hmm. a lot better. So you have like the smaller little uh, little bait sealer fish that want to like pull the tails off. It that gold will stay on there better. Even the redfish, the ones that are like thrashing about, like the the gold will stick on there a lot better. It's either going to be one sixteenth uh, or I don't know. Death grip jig they have a they have a hook and it just has the ridges on there. I don't know the the size of it. I just know yeah. it's light. So that's one of my favorites because it's like that slower presentation keeps it up in the water column a little bit longer and uh you know just trim the leader to the the depth of the water you're fishing and where you want it well Some one of the like reasons it. one of the reasons i brought that up is because i know those death death grip jig heads the 116s i think they use a one-aught hook inside those and what i really like is the eighth berkeley fusion with the one-aught mm -hmm. For my popping corks, because I get a much better hook set with a one-aught hook compared to a two-aught or a three-aught uh, for the jig heads when it comes to a popping cork. I don't know the exact science behind it, but 
I get a much better hook set right in the corner of the mouth every time whenever I'm throwing a popping cork and I have that one odd jig head. So I would I I would suggest you guys if you're gonna throw a popping cork, put find a find a jig head with a one odd hook. I don't think that it matters between a quarter ounce ounce or a sixteen ounce because I don't think there's that much of a difference in the fall on a popping cork between a eighth ounce and a sixteenth ounce. I don't think the fish is going to be like, oh, that's falling too fast if you have an eighth ounce on there instead of a sixteenth ounce. But I, I just really, I like the, I like the one odd hooks. Just, just a little tip for everybody. Yeah, those those Berkeley Fusion hooks, they're they're they have the same sort of like conical shape, and they got like a little wire keeper on there too. I like those a yep. lot. Um, I I've used those whenever I want to have like a, a exposed hook. I'll use one of those for my my swim baits, like my little paddle tails. So you catch the fish, you submit everything, then you get in the truck and I'm sure you're excited. You're like, yeah, man, I'm leading after day one. And then you're like, but I probably left my house at four o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. Now I have to drive two and a half more hours back to my other fishing spot. Yeah. Were were yep. you just like, I just want a sandwich? Like what what were you thinking? Were you like, what am I what am I supposed to do right now? Well, I mean, I kind of gone through like a, a game plan in my head, like, look, uh I, I have this path. I looked it up on Google Maps, like this is the fastest way. There's a Bucky's along the way. I can stop, use the bathroom, gas up, grab me a I grabbed a pulled pork sandwich and a big red. Uh by that time I knew I'd won uh the redfish day, which was two hundred fifty dollars. Uh, for the the leader of the Redfish Day, that was uh, their sponsor for that was Waterloo Rods. Uh, so so you could you could get the extra you could get the extra large pulled pork sandwich for buckets because <laughs> you knew you just won that two fifty. You could get that twelve dollar oh, yeah. sandwich instead of the eight dollar. Oh one. yeah. Yeah. So so was I the mean, big was red? Like, was that how you celebrated? Was the big red? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Had to you know that, and along with you know some liquid IV to get some of those electrolytes back in me after day one. Just got to get that big red, some pulled pork sandwich, and everything's right as rain. I got a little sleepy on the way there, but it was fine. You know, just get out of the truck, do some jumping jacks, and keep driving. Um, but, I, I, I mean, the cutoff for lines out was at, I want to say, like 2 o'clock, and then your your photo submissions had to be done by 3. So there was like an hour where I was like, I'm still in lead by a quarter of an inch, I was like, is anybody going to submit, submit more fish? I'm like, are they all having days like me where they kind of shut down at a certain time? Uh, so it was it was kind of a sketchy hour. I'm sitting there loading up, checking my phone, loading up, checking my phone, hopping my truck, driving, checking my phone, uh, which don't check your phone and drive. Don't, don't do it. But anyways. Yeah, uh, don't do that. He, yeah. He, what, he yeah. checked it when he stopped and did jumping jacks. Did you really stop yeah. and do jumping jacks? I mean, I stopped, stretched my legs. I I did have to get out of the truck because, like like you said, I, I okay. left early in the morning. You know, the, it's the night before tournament. Like the, the previous night, I, I load up all my stuff. You know, you're a little nervous, can't like sleep really well. Uh, but yeah, I did have to stop a couple times. Uh, one of the times that Bucky's, another time was like further down the road, and I was like, okay, I'm almost there. It's getting dark. I was like, I can do this. Just like one last push. Got the bass drop, and you know, started started unloading everything and, and resetting resetting rods. 
I, I will have to say, I might think that someone has lost their mind if I'm driving down the road and there's a truck with a kayak and everything and someone's in the back doing jumping jacks on the side of the road. I may have to, I don't know if I would stop. I may be just like, they are on crystal meth. Like, I don't know what is going on with this guy doing jumping jacks on the side of the road. He has lost his freaking mind. I'm just hammer. I'm yeah, hammering yeah. Red Bulls or something like that just to keep me awake. I probably wouldn't sleep. Yeah. Like, I don't sleep well in a tent anyway. If I did this tournament, which I wanted to do this tournament, but it was Jess's birthday, so that kind of trumped the tournament. Um, I don't know if I could even sleep, man. I, I'm to the age now. I would rather just save some money and Airbnb it. Like, I know you got the comforts of the cot and everything. I just can't do it no more, dude. I would just have to get with some guys that are old like me and say, hey, let's get a... Let's get a place where we can all sleep in a bed. Well, that thought crossed my mind because I was out there. It's it's humid as heck. And, you know, down here in the south, like we got we got mosquitoes, horse flies. I'm used to that up there. At Lake Bashup, there's all these tiny little flies like buzzing around your head. I swear, like <laughs> I breathe in a couple. I swear I probably ate some. They're buzzing in my ear. I'm like this is terrible. Like I said, I'm like sitting there tired trying to tie on some floral leader, like doing my knots and everything. And they're just like you know, bugs flying around. And then it, it, I told my wife, I was like, this reminds me of being at the river. Cause you got people camping out. They, they have some really nice, like uh, airstream trailers up there. You can rent out. There's people in some tents and RVs around me and they're all like drinking, hooping, hollering, having a good time. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is like a river. It's hot, humid. Um, but at nighttime, like, everybody cooled off, you know, everybody chilled out and it did get cool. Like at night, I was like sleeping on top of my sleeping bag, you know, just in some like boxer briefs in the middle of the night, I'm like pulling my pants on, getting inside that sleeping bag. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it's a little chilly. Um, so, I mean, it, it turned out to be right, but it definitely crossed my mind. I was like, I think next time I, I need to rent somewhere. Cause this, this is too much, you know, and hopefully there's more people next time that go and I can get with some people and we can definitely get something, something going for an Airbnb over there in Bastrop. Cause it's, it's a nice little area, you know, like all those woods and hills and everything. It's a really nice town. Well, as as long as he doesn't do it the second October, was it the second or third October? Second October. What day was the actual was tournament? The, uh, twenty first and twenty second. Yeah, that's the third. As long as he doesn't do it the third weekend in October every year, I'll be all right because that's that's Jess's birthday every year. So I don't. I, I was at the Renaissance Festival. I was trying to look up results at the Renaissance Festival, and cell service out there is horrible. But day two on Sunday, I was able to uh, look everything up. Uh, he said, yeah. Kevin said next year it'll be the third weekend too. I'll just have to, I'll have to try to talk Jess into doing it. Um, she's definitely not coming unless we have a nice Airbnb though. <laughs> so yeah. if, if I'm going, it's going to have to be a nice Airbnb. So we know that you fish redfish often. When was the last time you fished for bass before this tournament? Last time I fished for bass was probably like in a local pond, uh, I don't know, probably like a month ago. And then before that was years, years. And like that's pond hopping. And I haven't been in a kayak fishing for bass in, I don't even know, like five or six years, probably more. Uh, I, I started off You bass started fishing. out, I was going to say, you started out bass fishing from a kayak, right? Right, right. Yeah, I, I was posting up some of the memories the other day is like uh, – the other day, it was like 10 years ago, I got my first kayak, which was a Heritage Redfish 14. 
And, and I had been, you know, beating the banks before that, just like walk along some of the bayous in the Clear Lake area uh, over there behind, was it like Clear Lake High School, uh, UH Clear Lake? You have some bayous that are fed by Mud Lake and Clear Lake. And I, I used to bass fish over there all the time. And that's where I caught my first redfish, you know, just like using a uh, square wheel crankbait. And that was probably about 10 years as well. Uh, and then once I caught those redfish in the bayou, I was like, that's a whole lot of fun, you know? But yeah, uh, I, I, to, I don't want to catch a green fish again. I want to catch those red ones. Oh yeah. Those pull like, a little that harder. Was, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, I used to go fish Conroe. Uh, I've been there a couple of times. I was paddling a, a ride 135. That's what I upgraded to after my heritage redfish, uh, 14. And, uh, I used to paddle across Conroe and go fish up in the sticks over there, some reeds, uh, along those tree stumps in Conroe. And, uh, a couple other local places I've been to. Oh my gosh, it's, it's escaping my mind. What's the what's the other place over here? With all the the alligators, everybody likes to fish. Oh, um, uh, you're talking about not not like Sheldon, Houston. Sheldon, Sheldon. Yeah, yeah. I've been there a couple times, but uh, I don't know. Like I've you don't you don't want to have to you, rolled you, over you don't a couple have gators. To, yeah. Well, you and, also don't yeah. want to have to pay for a new window. They're, That's they're known to bust yeah. your windows out over there and just take whatever yeah. you got in your car. So you did a little pond hopping and, and things like that. And I knew you were ready for the redfish. How did you prepare to fish bass drop for green fish when you, when have you ever fished bass drop before this tournament? No, I wanted no. to go and uh, get up there and, uh, pre-fish, but my, my schedule just didn't allow for it. You know, I, I was like, you know what, let me go make sure these redfish are there. Cause that's my strength. Uh, I, I looked at the maps for bass drop. I saw some areas that looked like what I had fished before. Some of the local ponds I've fished before, they have a lot of concrete riprap in there. And there's, there's that one side of bass drop that has, it looks like a, a concrete riprap wall, which it was just a bunch of rocks and stuff. I was like, I'm a fish. What I know, you know, I've, I've fished that area before, like with, concrete riprap i know how to bang a crankbait off some rocks uh i've watched some videos on youtube i was like lake bass drop kayak fishing i was like watching all the videos within like the last year uh they had a all-star tournament all-star fishing had a, a tournament there not too long ago some of the guys posted their their videos on there and i was like you know studying what they did and i was like okay cool cool cool, cool. so they have like these reeds and they're flipping baits in the reeds and they're out on these points of like submerged ledges and doing this thing and uh, that was pretty much my homework, just looking at the maps and looking at things that I've fished similar before and go with that, like fish my strengths. Were you looking for I actual before. were you looking for actual spots on on some of those videos and stuff like that? Or were you just looking at what technique they were using and things like that? Because some people but, get on there, man. They're like trying to triangulate. All right, there was a red house in the background. <laughs> I saw a little bit of a lighthouse over there. So that means like there's a dead tree over this, there. Yeah. They had to be on this brush pile. Were you that into it or were you just, all right, they had a tournament over there a few weeks ago. This guy's throwing a wacky worm and he killed him. No, it was absolutely just technique. Cause I mean, I I'm in the, I'm in the, the group where it's like, you know, spots don't matter. Like I used to think spots matter, but it's actually fisher conditions. Um, it was it was all looking at the technique like see what they did like i said i i saw this guy you know flipping baits into the reeds uh 
there was a guy doing some some deep diving crankbaits you know somebody's throwing some some spinner baits you know he sees on his graph he like shows where his graph and there's like these you know bait fish and other big fish graph like on his graph like stacked up and throwing a, a spinner bait which i tried to throw a spinner bait it didn't work out um but i, I stayed shallow uh it was it reminded me of, of red fishing like they have those tall reeds and you hear blow-ups back in the reeds just like you hear blow-ups from fish you know hitting shrimp and bait fish back in the, the marsh grass and you throw near there and you you guess like kind of where they are you know it's very similar to that you know just well, use, use your ears use your eyes look for the swirls look for bait uh it was pretty much that right there just just technique wasn't really look for spots so did you pull out the weedless shrimp and and ch chunk it out there just like on just like on day two or just like on day one? No, 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 no. Um, I did use a a Berkeley product that was scented. Uh, I'll say that, and it was something just flipping up into these spots where they looked fishy. You know, like that's mm -hmm. a good little spot where a bass would hunker down or wait for a passing bait fish and I, I threw up in there and I was lucky enough to go with my intuition that way. And every single time bait would hit, I'd let it fall. You know, you feel those little nibbles, set the hook and it's a fish. And uh, I just, I started working a pattern that way. The first couple of fish were, I think luck. Cause I was, uh, I was listening to what everybody else was saying. They're all saying, yeah, flip, flip this bait in the reeds, flip this bait in the reeds, frogs. And I tried that. I, I mean, I saw a guy on YouTube fishing frogs in the same reeds. I mean, I don't know if it's the same area, but like the same reeds, you know, I frog didn't do it for me. The, what else? Someone else on a pit boss. That's like a crawl. Flipping mm -hmm. that didn't work. I went, I went lighter weight, something else and threw it up in there. And that worked for me. Uh, like I said, uh, I was just fishing my strengths. Uh, I had previously done a lot of finesse fishing. Uh, shaky head was a thing for me, but I, I didn't use a shaky head. I used another finesse technique and that's what really helped out. And I was like, okay, cool. This is, this feels familiar. Uh, it reminds me of what I used to do back in the day. So, and like, you know, Kevin's like, uh, homework paid off. I, it was just going back to my roots, what I used to do with bass fish and just remember what that felt like. I, I think it's funny how when we were talking about redfish earlier, you're like, Oh, I had a voodoo shrimp on there. We listen, this, 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 and I got it. Like, it was like a savage and it was this, this, this. And then we start talking about the bass stuff and you're like, I don't know if I want to tell you which bass lure I was using. Cause that's how the bass guys are. The bass guys will not tell you. They're like, I was power fishing. Uh, I was finesse fishing. Like they don't want to say hardly anything whenever they're talking about what they were using on a certain lake. I just think it was funny that you you <laughs> switched it up as soon as we started talking about the bass bait. You're like, I don't know if I want to say it. You let it slip, or well, you did say what you were using. Well, one of them it's, that it's you a were Berkeley using. product. It's scented. Yeah. There you there go. There you go. Figure it, it was, out. It was Figure it out from there. Yeah. Kevin wants to know some. also. How often did you check the leaderboard on day two? Oh my gosh. Uh, like I said, bass fishing is not my strength. Like I had not done that in forever. So I'm looking at the leaderboard. Like, first of all, I got to talk about this. Like I have that Newport NK 180. I'm going out there and, and I'm heading out to the spot where I want to fish. And I noticed my, my, my kayaks like pulling to the right. And like, I'm almost going towards this other guy. I'm like, what the heck? And I'm like sitting there turning. I look back and my, my motor stuck sideways. I'm like, what? I'm like, the pin must have like come out. So I turn around, I'm going to like knock down the pin or like kind of move my rudder or the, the motor. Cause I have it set straight. 
I was going to move it straight and then knock it down with my paddle. And, and then like in the process of doing that, I hit the reverse and it flipped my motor up and then dropped back down. I guess in that time, the pin dropped back in and it was straighting. I was like, all right, cool, 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 cool. So that was scary because I was going towards some other dude and he was posted up at his spot. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I did not mean to do that. Like I, I was uncomfortable. It was, it was, you know, super foggy and I'm going straight at this other dude. So that, that was like a little bit sketchy spot. Like, to be in, in in the first like 10 minutes but uh yeah i check about 45 minutes in everybody's got like you got uh what's her name Mo, uh, mona lisa garcia lisa garcia dustin a couple of these other guys they've got three four fish already i'm like what the heck what am i doing wrong um but yeah i, I checked it a lot um i got a couple fish i'll tell you the first fish i got like i said it was kind of luck uh i wasn't having luck with the flipping and pitching and i i Use the chatterbait. I was like, let me try this chatterbait. Uh, that got me a fish. I got a second fish hooked up, and my my net. I had it behind me, which that's a whole another story. Uh, I had it behind me and got stuck on a on a crankbait treble, and I was like trying to fumble with that. I was like, f this. I'm just gonna boat flip it. I go to boat flip it. Gone. Just oh, pops right out of the man. mouth. I'm like, of course. So I was like, that crankbait rod going to the back of my black back, bro. It's not gonna be anywhere near the net. And then. Uh, I learned real quick. I was like, I need a longer handle on the net. That's why you see all those guys on YouTube. They have a long handle nets for bass fishing. Cause you want to keep them down there away from the surface of the water where they're going to jump and throw the hook. And I'm sitting there like every time I have to like squat, I dip my hand down the water. Cause I got like an ego net with a short handle. Cause that's all mm -hmm. you need for redfish. You're up, you're in two feet of water. You can scoop these big guys up. Those, those bass, they're, they're little aerial aces. They want to jump and flip and throw your hook. So I had to learn that real quick, but the, that was my second one. I lost that. Uh, and that was before I started on my, my other approach. Uh, but like, I got that one fish, I got a couple more fish. And I, was, I saw, I was like, okay, I got three good fish on the board. I'm in the mix, you know, top five. And I like, I was sitting there doing the math. Like, what do I have to do? I got to have two fifteens. And I started like picking apart this one part is part of the, the reads and, I like submit a fish, look at the, look at the fishing chaos and other people are doing the same thing. They're upgrading, upgrading, upgrading. Cause they're, they're, I mean, it's, it was, it was pretty steady going there for a little bit. And those guys, they, they know how to catch those bass way better than me. So I was, I was kind of like falling behind, catching back up, falling behind, catching back up. It was, it was, it was something, man. Like, um, yeah, Kevin saying Jason Smith had five fish, 45 minutes after lines in those guys, they were on it, you know? Dustin, like you said, he's that's some of his home water. He talked about, you know, he's cashed checks there before. Um, and I'm like sitting there, haven't been there before. Let me, let me try. Which, uh, like, uh, I credit to myself. I'm like, okay, cool, 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 cool. I, I still got some chops when it comes to bass. And, you know, uh, people talk about redfish being like, you know, uh, what do they call them? Oh, you know, my gosh, redfish are bass. Dumb. Yeah, you know, yeah. redfish are really dumb. <laughs> yeah, they they sometimes call them spotted bass. It, but the tactics are are they're fairly like you were saying with the uh, you know finding some reeds. You were fishing some grass. It's it's the same type of thing. The only thing is you're not going to see bass tailing. You're not going to see bass tailing. They'll they'll hit bait just like redfish. They'll be popping stuff there in the back. You just have to get a lure in front of them, just like anything else. I mean, it's yes. a fish that swims. That's a predator. 
get something in front of them that they they can't resist, hit them. And then, like you said, there's some little things like your net that needs to be different or, you know, your bait. You talked about a chatterbait earlier. I've caught more redfish on a chatterbait than I've caught bass on a chatterbait. I've caught one bass as many times as I've been bass fishing on a dang chatterbait, but I've caught <laughs> plenty of redfish and flounder on a chatterbait. And it's not just the law of averages, too, because I try to throw the chatterbait every time I go bass fishing because I have confidence in it whenever I'm throwing for redfish and flounder. I cannot catch a damn bass with the chatterbait. I don't know if it's just everybody's throwing them where I'm fishing on Conroe or Palestine or something like that, man. I cannot catch a bass on chatterbait. I just need to fish bass a little bit more. That being said, yeah. and me just saying that, winning this tournament, is it making you like, man, I need to I need to do some more bass fishing? Because so, you're you're a straight up saltwater guy now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, once I caught the, those first couple of redfish out of the bayou, I was like, man, that, that bite's a whole lot more fun. You know, let me leave these little green fish behind. But it, I, 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 if you saw my stories on Instagram, you've seen my, like, my Plano boxes. I got a crankbait box, like, full of crankbaits. Uh, and it's, it just sits there. I'm like, uh, I had a garage sale not too long ago. I was just, like, you know, selling off some of my, my freshwater gear. And I'm like, I could have kept some of that in. I could go up to Conroe, go hit up Fayette or something like that and go, go catch some bass. Now I, I'm, I'm not that rusty. You know, I could probably do something like that. Yeah. It's, it's, are you, it's are you wanting to do mind. more tournaments now? Are you wanting to do more bass tournaments now though? I mean, it would be fun. Uh, it's just, they're a little bit of a drive. Uh, I, you know, you got to balance it off with, with home life and work life. It's some of the stuff just falls on weekends where I have some obligations where I got to be other places. Uh, this one, however, I put in my time off a long time ago. I told my wife, look, this is two day tournament. I'm going to go save in Bass Drop. Uh, she's like, okay, you know, but like this weekend I'm at home, I'm working, uh, trying to spend some time with her. She, um, I'm out here in the garage right now doing this podcast, but as soon as I'm done with this, I'll be back inside with them, you know, doing some quality time. And that's how I'll be the next couple of weekends. And then I'll, I'll get some mornings off. Uh, especially after this next dump, like we got a dump coming this weekend with this uh, this cold front coming in next couple of days. I'll be I'll be back out in the the salt water here soon. I'm looking I'm looking forward to these low tide days. It's 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 easy to find some redfish when it's low tide like this. Last time I went, it was a bull tide. I mean bull bull tide. So I, I'm I'm ready for some low tide. You know, some strong low tides to to really i i need to get my confidence back in a few a few things um and i just i need to get out on the water and have a really good day i've just been having like eh, days where we catch like three or four or i catch three or four like i need i'm catching 10 redfish i'm tired of catching redfish I'm like hey let's go look for flounder um i, I need i need a few of those days now, before before we get off of here, I asked you, like, how are you going to prepare for the tournament and everything? This was before the tournament and how, how you were going to do everything. And you mentioned, well, I'm going to uh, check my journal. But I was like, oh, your journal? I got a fishing journal, too. But your your fishing journal is not like the written fishing journal that I have. And both of us agreed that we need to spend more time with our journaling 
on this. What exactly is your journal, Max? <laughs> uh, it's it's memories on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, and it's just like, you know, stuff will pop up on your memories and you're like, oh, yeah, I was fishing that. I was fishing at this this marsh uh, a year ago or two years ago. And uh, even that that weekend last year, which led me to fish this tournament to begin, to begin with, like last year, I couldn't fish it. I had work. I was working in the morning. I actually fished the afternoon and I fished this one uh, this one bite window and I, I was on top of redfish birds and everything out I, I posted it up and then dustin nichols commented he's like hey you know we got redfish greenfish this week and you come out fish greenfish with us and i was like maybe next year which led me to fish this year so if you're thinking about it guys it's a really fun tournament y'all should really try it out um if you're a coastal guy and you st you a little hesitant about the bass look if i haven't fished in a long time and i can catch some bass you can too um that that being said it's it's Instagram memories and I absolutely probably should start writing down in a journal like you got to write down like the tides that day what bite window you fished uh what was the weather like the location you know those sort of things the baits being used uh a lot of times you can go in your your iPhone app you have the photo and then you can like just swipe up on your photo and it usually has like the information it has like your it'll tag your it'll geotag your your photo like time of day and everything so it's helpful in that way but you don't remember like the weather always you don't remember some of the little details, you know, uh, but that definitely helps out. Like, you know, taking some, taking some photos and posting on your, your Instagram and it'll pop up in a year or two. Uh, and you just kind of look at those patterns and, and go with it again. And luckily this year it was, it was a very similar situation aside from the fog last year. I don't remember. Well, I wasn't out in the morning. I was in the afternoon, but, uh, it was, that's how I do it. Just, you know, Facebook and Instagram. Definitely. There you go. I gotta, I gotta so start right down. It's not only just like you don't have to feel like you're bragging whenever you post up. Just post it, post up a picture, and you don't have to say where you are, but just be like, man, hard bite today. We caught them on the shorelines chasing shrimp. Um, you know, sunny day with high pressure. Just make a post yeah. to yourself about that. And Facebook will remind you. <laughs> Like they, they, it'll, it'll come up. Instagram will remind you, it will tell you what you did. And, and it's a lot easier to keep up with that because I bought a fishing journal and the last time, let's see, the last time I wrote in my fishing journal, which I should write in this thing a heck of a lot more, uh, was, Oh, March 6th, 2022. <laughs> I should, I should definitely, I should definitely write more in this. Uh, we caught crappie that day, so I did a crappie journal. I was doing all kinds of stuff. I did a crappie journal on what we caught, but I really like this. It's a pro fishing log. I found it as a trout on there, um, a rainbow. No, yeah, eh, I don't know if that's a rainbow trout. It has a trout that just is real, real colorful, but I, I really like it because it has the date, time, temperature, location, it has uh, what was the barometer doing, what was the water level, and it even has pictures, so you can circle if you don't know what all the moon phases are. It has pictures of the moon phases. It has, was it rainy? Was it overcast? Was it sunny? Wind direction, speed, watercolor, tide, fish from shore, wade, boat, dock, pier, kayak, pontoon, companions. I don't know why it needs to know. Who I was fishing with, but that's fine. 
hatches observed, most productive time of the day, most productive depth, most productive lure, species of fish caught, most fish caught on, biggest fish caught on, biggest fish species, tackle use, total number of fish. Like this is page wow. two. There's a lot in oh my here. Gosh. That's uh, pretty in depth. That definitely yes, one of those. To- total number of fish, the crowd factor, which was smiley face, normal face, or frowny face. Day rank one through six st- or one through five stars, uh, best spots, and then any notes. So it is a very, very thorough, thorough uh, look at your log. But if you do a log for, you know, a couple years worth of trips, you probably should encounter every type of weather or every type of condition that you might face uh, for that time of year. So you could go back through your log. I mean, especially like this time of year. This time of year, it's either going to be, you know, kind of hot and muggy because we're between fronts or you're going to be pre-front, or you're going to be post-front. <laughs> like, there's not a whole big difference between between time of years. During the summer, it's either going to be windy and a full moon, windy on a quarter moon, or windy on no moon. Like, there's really there's not hot. a... Yeah, exactly. It's going to be hot the, the whole time. And then the, the tides. But like I said, if, yeah. if you keep a detailed journal for two or three years... You can go back and read that journal. Yeah. And you can find the patterns for the certain, the certain things. You don't have to do it every single time you go out, but both of us agreed, like we got to get better at keeping a journal. (laughs) It it would make our lives a whole lot easier trying to remember when and where we fished a certain area and things like that. Yep. Yeah. And that was another thing too. You said something about like, um, I don't know, some of the smiley faces in that journal, like some about like crowds or something like that. Yeah. I was crowd. in a back lake on I was I was in a back lake on day one, like a very back lake, because I pushed back there because I wasn't seeing my normal signs in the first lake. And I come back to the main lake and there's what I say it was like seven different kayaks and a tandem out there. I'm like, where am I supposed to fit in? I'm like, let me just post up at this little drain. I fished there. Some of the people like, you know. Uh, they all went back to the launch because I guess the wind took them off the water. They were, they were kind of turned off by the wind, but I was like, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm cool with the wind. Uh, and once those people left, uh, I was able to find some fish. But seeing that pressure on the water, I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, and I was kind of I was I was I was in a different world on day two with that, too, because you got all these people like we had 11 people for our tournament. It was supposed to be 13, but a couple of the people didn't make it for day two. And then you have these other people for uh, all-star fishing and some of the other uh, bass tournaments. They're pre-fishing that day. And then you got bass boats. I don't like bass shop. It was, it was kind of crowded at times. You know, you have to like, you know, weave your way around and be respectful. And I, I haven't had that experience on a, on a lake like that where you got bass boats, you know, trolling down the shoreline. And I'm, I'm used to it in saltwater, you know, kayaks and boats. They try to stay away from each other and not get in each other's way. So I did my best to be respectful and go around people as well. And, you know, the, I didn't hear anything negative from the bass people. So that, that, was a, that was a really good experience being that I felt it was crowded. It probably has been more crowded, but I wouldn't know. I've never been on there before, but it was it was definitely a new world for me. So it's it. Like I said, if anybody wants to try it next year, absolutely. I, I say go for it. It's a it's a really cool experience. What I've noticed is there's a big difference between saltwater crowded and bass crowded. Like in some of these uh, freshwater tournaments, 
you like in the rules it says like you can be within 15 yards of another angler and in, in these saltwater tournaments it's like you cannot be within a hundred yards of another angler or another teammate and in the rules of the bass tournament it's like some of them are you can't be within 10 yards of anyone else that's fishing i'm like if you're within like if you're within casting distance you are way too close but that's yeah. not the case in bass. I mean, even bass boats will troll around you and you know, they're, they'll troll fairly close, but they're just like, Hey, and they don't think that there's anything wrong with it to them because that's how normal it is to be that close to everybody. Cause we're getting, you know, there's so much pressure on some of these lakes and some of these areas from bass boats, kayaks and, and everything else where, you know, we try our best to get away and get to places that big boats and skiffs and other kayakers don't even want to get to. Like we, we, we take the time to do all that. Yeah. It's a, it's Somebody a, it's a big bass difference. Aren't as spooky. I mean, they might just be, Oh, it's Don, Don Solomon, who by the way, got big bass. Good job, Don. Um, uh, he said bass aren't as spooky as maybe they're just used to that many ba uh, bass boats like running over them. Sometimes these are saltwater fish. They're like, they see a boat, get the wakes. I don't know. Some, some, some fish are like, they're used to some wakes and they'll, they'll still be, you know, munching on some oyster beds, you know, but yeah, we do. We do try to stay away from other people and get back where, you know, some of those fish aren't as pressured because I, I, I have fish in some saltwater that's pressured and you can tell a difference. Those, those redfish, you know, can detect your presence and they're gone. You don't see them again. Or they just sit there and they don't move. <laughs> like yeah, if you get like, right up on them and they sit there and don't move and they're just like nose down in the grass, it don't matter what you throw in front of those fish. They're just like, no, dude, I, I see you. I'm, I'm not hungry. I'm not eating. I see you. There, there's nothing for me here. I, I'm not eating. They, they don't want anything to do with you. But I, I I gotta say, Max, I love your shirt. You're, you're repping the real sportswear oh. shirt. I gotta Thanks. I gotta say, I love that man. I've had more people this year, more than any other year of the podcast, that have said, "Hey, man, I ordered some real sportswear stuff. This stuff is great." And and I, I'm not just saying that as like a plug or anything either. They're bro staffers. They're like, "Hey, I need a hat. Hey, I think I'm ready to you know get some new fishing shirts and." Um, they're asking me for recommendations and then I tell them and then they get it. And they're like, man, I should have bought this stuff a long time ago. Um, you were, you got a whole new wardrobe of real sportswear stuff yeah. recently, didn't you? Uh, well, it started a year ago when we had the bro staff meetup. Uh, Chris Lewis gave me that one hoodie, uh, the green and the black sleeves. Uh, it was pretty comfortable. I had that. I got a face mask. I like the face mask with the holes in it. So it, like yeah. the air comes out a lot better and doesn't fog up your glasses. I got that. Uh, they had a sale not too long ago. I think it was honestly it might have been Father's Day or something like that, a Labor Day sale. And I, I picked up a couple new items. One of their uh, I forgot the name of it. You told me what it was, but the the long sleeve hoodie one with the swirls, and I got the little the face mask to match. Yeah, the yeah, there you go. yeah, pretty comfortable stuff. And you know, got my tail and toad stuff that like matches. And I'll throw on my salty dog hat co. Um, and I'll just, you know, rock that. That's usually what I see, what you see me in, like in all my Instagram posts and Facebook posts, and I'll be tagging those guys. There you go. Yeah. And it says and, uh, that uh, Real Sportswear was actually a sponsor for the tournament because they work with Dustin as well. 
Yes, yeah, Dustin's working with them, and he's he he said he didn't he forgot the the gift cards in his truck, but he's mailing them out. So I'm pretty psyched. I'll be able to grab a couple more a uh, couple more hoodies and more fishing shirts. Dude, you got to get that new sweet. Probe. It's got the uh, what, it's got the little. Oh yeah, it's got the redfish on the back. I have that shirt. Yeah. That that's one of my yeah, favorite shirts. I love that's it, man. Nice. Soft cotton. Since, since you're getting the gift card, dude, you got to get the Pro Plus hoodie. Just just get it. Is that I the know, little I, zipper? Yes, I know they're they're a little expensive. They're ninety dollars, <laughs> but when you put that shirt on, you're gonna be like. This is a material I have never felt in my life. Like I've never felt anything this light on from the sun and is a quality material. I promise you. I promise you. I know that sounds like a sales pitch, but I promise you just do it. Just get the pro plus hoodie. It's going to be worth it. I'll give it a try. Like, you know, that has a little pocket. I can, you know, put some chapstick or something in there. What I like to put in there, you you know, you were just talking about it was foggy and everything. It mm-hmm. it comes with another another um, little pocket that is waterproof, and it's kind of like a for those of you that were old enough to remember pencil bags in school. It's like a small pencil bag, but it's waterproof and it fits perfectly in that pocket. When you were talking about the uh, the moisture in the air and how everything was just everywhere. I like to take a lens cleaner for my glasses and I put it inside that waterproof pot because nowadays there's nothing that we wear that is cotton that can clean a pair of sunglasses. Like your shirt, after a little while, you can't clean it with with a, a dry fit shirt. You can't clean it with yeah. your fishing pants. Like you ain't got socks on. Like you're not going to take your socks off to clean your glasses. So what I use is I use that little pocket and I put lens cleaners in there because I I keep my sunglasses on my hat in the morning until I need to use them. And I pull it out. Like salt water splashes. Yeah. You get splash on there. You get spray. I I clean my glasses with it, especially on those foggy days, because then you got, you got stuff all over you. You got stuff all over your GoPro camera you got to clean everything that is the perfect spot to keep the little lenses yeah man that lens like i had like like come like dew drops coming off my eyelashes and all over my beard i was like oh my gosh like so it was so dense man it was not anything you want to you want to get into without some electronics you could see the fall like it's weird when you see the water droplets of the fog whenever you're out there yeah. but that's you never really experience that unless you get on the water on a boat with the light on and everything else like that's that's awesome <laughs> take my, <laughs> dry fit couldn't take mud off a kayak that's yeah it doesn't doesn't take anything that's the point of it it gets everything off in a way and gone well, Matt, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here, man? Any anything with the tournament that we didn't address? Again, congratulations on that's a it's a very I don't want to say odd. I just think it's a really cool format to be able to do, you know, the red fish and the green fish, and then you have the accumulative winner there. There's there's the uh what is it called? The one in Corpus where they do offshore and inshore. Uh um, Ray Ray Del Mar. Yeah, the for, Ray Del Mar. Uh, that's a really cool. That's a really cool format. I wish there was more more formats like that. Like, but and if we do it, like let's let's do it like on the coast in Conroe. 
that'd be great for me. That'd be cool. Like, yeah, I, I could drive home and and sleep. I wouldn't have to get an Airbnb. Yep. Well, just but you know, it, pitch a tent in your backyard. Yeah, sure. Y'all could. Co- Heck, y'all could sleep on the couch. I don't care as long as I get to That's sleep in better. my bed. Yeah, as long as I get to sleep in my bed, I don't care where anybody else sleeps. As long as I can shut my door and turn on distant thunderstorms on Alexa so I can go to bed, I'm good. I I agree said, with this. You fight with swords with a mustache? Uh, no, no. It's I, like there's a guy at work, or like Daniel Hayes, he's got those like mustaches. But no, just you that. could definitely yeah, um, be a three musketeer <laughs> for Halloween. Like, <laughs> I could I could see you with with the swords and everything. I I do agree that maybe we should do uh, redfish, greenfish twice a year. Maybe one in the fall and one in the spring. Dustin Nichols, are you listening, guys? Go go send a message over chasing the tide. If you don't listen to that podcast, go check it out. Like we we need it. Let's do two of them. Let's do two. I can definitely do the one in the spring. I can I can do that one. Unless he does yeah. it like the opening day of baseball. You like some, you know, bass on beds and, you know, spring redfish. Yeah. Body. It'd be killer. Yeah. Yeah. Then then I won't have to get out of my bad habits. Then I can just get into the shallows all the time and sight cast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. Sight-cast I like that bass. idea. That's super fun. Yeah. And if they the name of the game is put something in front of them they haven't seen. I bet you they haven't seen a voodoo shrimp or a savage gear <laughs> shrimp. I'm going to throw some savage yeah. gear shrimp at them or something. See, see, see what happens. Uh, but all right, man. They, hey, yeah. Um, don't I act mean, like I ain't those, done it uh, before. <laughs> I just want to say thanks to like Dustin Nichols. He he ran a good tournament, and again, he uh, he was gracious enough to not be in the main pot because he obviously would have won by about five inches. Uh, Matt was right behind me. Matt Ariaga gave me a, a you know a run for the money as well. So good job to him. Kevin Wills got third place. There was also a largest flounder. Dustin got that. Uh, there was most spots. I think Kevin Kevin won that one. And uh, Don Solomon got big bass. I think it was like a 20. No, his was 19-something. And then Matt Ariaga, who he did not enter the big bass side pot. So uh, future reference, everybody fish, like put in for the side pots because he had like a 21-inch bass, which is huge for like bass drop. Oh, 19.25 from uh, Don Solomon. That's still a really good bass on a like bass drop apparently. I think my largest was like 17.5 or something like that. Yeah. And uh catch. Let me grab the. Get your trophy. trophy. What I like, what I liked yeah. about everybody you just, just named. Most it's of those really are cool bro trophy. staffers too. Most of those are bro staffers. Kevin, Don, that is a really cool trophy, man. Like, so you have it set up for the podcast there. Is your wife going to let you take the big check in the house or the trophy in the house, or is she going to make you keep it in the garage with everything else? Cause I'm lucky that I have my rod room. So that's where I get to put my checks up and I get to put my trophies and everything up. And it's kind well, we have of, a, we have an office. We, we have a, we have an office and, you know, on my corner of the office by like where my laptop goes, I have like some redfish photos and some other stuff. Um, I'll probably put it up in there. But I got home and I was like, look, honey, I got this big old check. It's my first big check. And she's like, congratulations, sweetie. Like, you know, you know, sometimes like you'll show your, your wife like your photos. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. I'm super psyched. And they're like, good job. Good job. But she was <laughs> she was psyched for me. She was psyched. You know, she's like, you got how much? How much money? Did you get? I was like, yeah, I, 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 you know, I was, I felt very blessed. It was, it was a very, very great experience for me uh, as far as, you know, not being in tournaments for a while. 
I've done live weigh-ins, but the, the online tournaments was really cool. Uh, like I said, big thanks to Dustin Nichols and everybody else that helped out with that tournament. I, I look forward to doing it again in the future. Well, they just don't understand how much we love the big checks. Like if I'm fishing in a tournament and they're not giving away big checks, even for like fifth place or most spots, like just do a big check. Like they're not that expensive to have a big check made and everybody's going to display it all the time because it's just awesome to have a big check. Like maybe it was just from growing up as a kid, seeing publishers clearinghouse show up with the big old <laughs> checks. And I'm like, man, I want to be a millionaire one day and win that which I'm probably dating myself talking about publisher's clearinghouse, but everybody still wants a big check. So all you tournament directors out there, the trophies are cool. The trophies are cool. Like, don't get me wrong. The trophies are cool. Like I love the catch trophies. I love saltwater survival series trophies. I love, let me see if I Galveston redfish series trophies. Like I love all those trophies, but I think everybody loves the big check. Like, do both. Like, you got to do both. And if you got to pick one or the other, I think a thousand times out of a thousand, everybody wants a big, huge check compared to a trophy. But that's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. But I think that's a lot of people's opinions, too. Like everybody yeah. wants the Happy Gilmore checks. Yes, that's true. <laughs> we, we all want the huge Happy Gilmore checks. I'm looking forward to it, guys. If you haven't seen it already, the Saltwater Survival Series is having their team turn event on November 11th, and it is going to help Heroes on the Water, the Galveston chapter. I know you guys have heard a lot about the Matagorda chapter on the show, but the Galveston chapter, it's going to benefit them, and the defending champs, which would be me and my brother, are going to fish it, hopefully. He said his wife is going to Atlanta so Max, I may be hitting you up, man. Like we we may have to fish together for this Heroes on the Water tournament if you don't already have a partner. Now now that it's getting Ooh. out that you're winning Redfish Greenfish, man, you may <laughs> already have like ten people hitting you up wanting to fish. No, nah, man, I, nah. I may be I may be needing a partner for this one. I don't know if my brother's going to be able to fish it, but I plan to fish it. I'm 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 ready for that next tournament. They said uh, when uh, I mean, guys are asking when it right. is. It's November 11th. Yep. And the weigh-in is at uh, Sunset Lounge in San Leon, Texas, where they do all their saltwater survival series weigh-ins. And uh, Tony oh. Keel, Daniel Hayes, those guys are great. I think John Stapleton might still be in charge of the, the Galveston chapter. He's a really great guy. I've fished with them since way back in the day. They're, they're a great handful of guys that run that tournament. All right. Some guys in the comments are saying redfish, greenfish teams. No, not redfish, greenfish teams, but that would be kind of cool to, to have yeah. a, a team bass tournament and redfish tournament. Or you could take, like, you have a teammate, but you can only use one person's score from each. Like, we can only yeah. use David's score from this and Drew's score from that. You can only use Max from that and Kevin's from this. That would be kind of cool. Like, you'd have yeah. to help your partner out. Like, yeah, that, I would be fun. I would love that. But, guys, we are going to get out of here. I hope you enjoyed this episode it was red fishy. We we talked a lot of redfish, but we also got into the green fish. I know everybody likes to talk about the green fish. I promise you guys, I've got my technical issues figured out now. Like I said in my intro, I spent way too much money on this damn computer. So it's gonna work. I'm I'm gonna make it work. 
and we will be seeing you every Tuesday. I've noticed we've got more of the empty stringer guys coming over. Those download numbers are shooting up with Matt putting one out every single week. If you don't already, go follow the Redfish Network on Facebook and Instagram. Follow the Paddlers Playbook. Follow the Empty Stringers. Guys, we are out of here. Peace. Bye.